Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm very glad to have you. Uh, I know my wife mentioned this, but we're somewhere in Asia right now. It's either South Korea or Malaysia or the Philippines or Thailand or a couple other places that we'll tell you about once we're back. Um, but uh, yeah, exciting times, man. What a, what an awesome uh, generation to live in. I believe the generation that'll see um, the return of Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church. Um, we're on the precipice of that, the greatest harvest of souls that this world has ever seen. I want to talk to you today about um, your imagination. The Bible, uh, there's a story in Genesis chapter 11. Um, I'm going to read from verse 1. Many of you know the story, and it says, And the whole earth was, on, was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. And they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. I want you to see that word there. It says nothing will be restrained to them for what they have imagined to do. God created us in his image. God created us in his likeness. God created us in his imagination before he created us. So before he, he sat down and grabbed the, the clay and made Adam, he had already made him in his mind. Builders, when they build, they work off of a blueprint. Um, it was no different. We had been made in the mind of God. Before God even made man, he had already uh, made the decision to send his son. The Bible says that Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. God has an imagination, and it's one of the faculties that he's given us that distinguishes us from other uh, I believe the imagination is a faculty of the spirit, but it's a um, it's something that distinguishes us from other. Don't let people tell you that you're no different than uh, any other mammal. You know, we're just equal. We're just part of the animal kingdom. It's bogus. The the big separating distinguishing factor is the life of the spirit. Is that we have a spirit that's um, fundamental to who we are. But it says nothing will be restrained for them for which they have imagined to do. God is showing us a principle here that he's given us this imagination, and it's the imagination that produces fruit. You know, anytime um, we go to build something, we go to construct something, anytime a company has started, it's started in the mind or the imagination of the person. Um, the, the imagination is the, like the womb of your spirit. So faith actually depends on the imagination. I've said this before, but faith is the sight of the spirit. Um, the, I would also say that faith is contrary to natural sight. So if you can see it, then you don't have to have faith to believe it. If we can see Jesus Christ standing here, we don't have to have faith, right? When we come, when we, That's why the Bible says uh, that f- uh, the greatest, fa- out of these three, faith, hope, love, the greatest of these is love because we won't need faith. There'll be a time where we won't need faith because we'll be in heaven and we'll be able to use our eyes. For now, faith is seeing with our spirit what we don't see in the natural. The moment it becomes sight, right? Like, so I was believing in faith for my house to be paid off, and then it got paid off. So now I'm not using faith for that. I'm using sight for that. The house is already paid off, right? But faith, uh, imagination is um, something that God gives us to realize, fully realize our faith. I want to read, um, uh, well, there's a lot of scriptures that we could go into, 
but God has set it up that this is the way that we do it, that we move forward with our imagination. My family, when we were believing the Lord to come to America from South Africa, we, um, we started by faith. And what we would actually do is we would go into my mom's room at night, my mom, my brother, and I, and we would lay down on our bed and we would imagine coming to America and we would imagine boarding the air cl- the airplane. And here's a single mom with two kids with this dream to uh, move the family to South Africa. And we would imagine, all right, we've, we've packed up our stuff. We're heading to the airport. Okay, Ryan, what are you wearing? Well, I'm wearing my red shorts. As a boy, that seems to be all I wanted to wear was red shorts. I got my fanny pack with my GI Joes in it. Uh, I've got my I had a bunch of G.I. Joes, but I knew on the plane I could only take a few. So I had like my fanny pack with maybe four of my favorite G.I. Joes. All right, we're on the plane now um, and we're going to eat. What are you eating? And Tim was like, oh, I'm eating uh, some ribs. We didn't, we were pretty broke in South Africa. So if we're using our imagination, we're eating the best thing possible, right? Are you eating ribs and some steak? And you didn't realize that when you get on the plane, ribs and steak are not an option on, on the airline. But we had this imagination and we would do this night after night and imagine ourselves coming to to America. We would imagine going to Disney. For me, America was Disney World, right? Like anytime I pictured America, it was basically walking around Disney. And we imagined this. And this was this is how we used our imagination. And we got such joy. It was like something that as kids six or, or seven and nine years old that we enjoy doing. We look forward to it because we were using the imagination is such a strong thing. That's why reading is so important. It develops your imagination versus watching a movie because when you can read a book and you use your mind to create the world or to create the, the room that the people are in when they're talking or to create the characters, you're developing a part of you that God intended to be developed. It's laziness to only watch TV. That's a whole different podcast. We're not going to talk about that here. But the imagination is developed through through reading and imagining. But people oftentimes think that imagination is only for children. But I just want to show you here practically how the imagination plays into your everyday life. If I asked you, if I asked you, um, uh, how many windows does your bedroom have? You would, you've probably never counted the windows in your bedroom, but you probably know exactly how many there are because you can picture your bedroom. You can picture where, if I asked you, hey, where's your favorite pair of shoes sitting? If they're not on your feet right now, you know where in the closet they are, most likely, right? You know where certain things hang up in the closet because you've looked at it so many times. If I said, hey, please give me directions from your house to the airport, you, you, you're not imagining words. You're not imagining turn left on Lakewood, turn right on I-75. You're imagining those streets. So I could say, hey, you know, direct me that way. Give me directions. And you would say, well, you, you drive up to the, I think it's the third light. Yep, it's the third light. And you're counting in your head because you're just picturing the road. You're using your imagination. I think it's the third light. You're going to turn left on the corner you're going to see a um, a church's chicken and a CVS, and that's where you know you're going to turn left. And then once you've turned left, you're going to go all the way up to the interstate. There's going to be a Best Buy on the right. And you're using your imagination because you've just seen it so many times. But the imagination when it comes to faith is you developing a picture based on the Word of God, not based on your circumstance. So when it comes to healing... So many people want to be healed. They've prayed countless times about being healed, 
but they're not healed because they've never gotten a picture in their spirit of what being healed looks like. If you're in a wheelchair, what does it look like? Have you imagined, have you spent hours imagining yourself running and jumping and playing sports? You know, what is it? What is, what does healing look like to you? What does provision look like to you? What is that home that you're believing the Lord for look like? Not just Lord, I'm asking you for a home. You, you, people almost are like, they have this thing of like, oh, I don't really believe God's going to answer it. So I don't want to, you know, get my hopes up and spend time imagining this thing. But faith is trusting that what God said is true, but you actually conceive it in your heart. You conceive it by getting a clear picture. For me, when I was this last year in um, or a year ago in sales, every day I was going out in sales and I loved my job, but I knew the time for ministry was coming. And I started imagining myself ministering. I imagined myself here at the River Church preaching. I imagined myself uh, pacing back and forth across the front uh, ministering to this crowd, calling people out, having words of knowledge for them, having uh, words of w- uh, with the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, laying hands on people. And I would imagine this every day preaching. And then the opportunity came for me to preach at this church on a Sunday night and then a Sunday morning and then another Sunday morning. But it developed in my imagination. When I thought of ministry, I thought of the River Church preaching. And, and honestly, I didn't think that that picture would come to pass as soon as it has. But it was, it was what developed. I imagined myself doing altar calls. The other night I had a dream. And in this dream, there was this like uh, concert that we were at. It was like semi-Christian. And somehow my brother was the organizer for it. It's kind of funny, but if he's, I hope he's listening. Um, my brother was the organizer for this. And as the concert was ending... Um, you could tell it was like kind of Christian, but not like fully Christian concert. And uh, I'm standing next to my brother and I, he was like, man, I want to get up and say something. And I'm like, I want to get up and do an altar call. And he gets up and he grabs the microphone. And um, I guess he was the organizer of the event. So he grabs the microphone, greets the people, whatever. In my in my dream, my brother had a mullet, which was pretty crazy. But um, he he greets people and then he hands me the microphone and I start doing an altar call. And I'm in a all of a sudden it changed from being like an inside thing to this outside stayed like uh, outside area just packed with people. And I remember grabbing the microphone and saying, before everyone leaves, I want you to know that the most important decision, and I, and I did an altar call in my dream and a bunch of people responded and I woke up and I was like so excited. I'm like, Lord, I want more dreams of doing altar calls. This is awesome, you know? I've had dreams where I, uh, I'm on a bus and there's a discerning of spirits, but it's because of, because I've been spending time seeing these things in my spirit. There's a gentleman who um, I was listening to about this subject, Andrew Womack, and he tells the story how he um, he really wanted to see dead people raised. And he said, I started imagining, I, I pulled up in the scriptures, there's eight people in the scriptures who were raised from the dead. And he's like, and I, and I got out all the scriptures and I started studying them. And he's like, I started watch, like reading through them and imagining them. And he said, not, not only did I imagine those people being raised from the dead, but I imagined me doing it. So when Jesus called Lazarus forth, he said, I imagine myself standing at this grave and standing there and yelling, Lazarus, come forth. And he said, I imagine myself doing it. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do. And so he said, and greater works. So he said, I imagine myself doing that miracle. I imagine myself in there yelling. And he said, um, uh, he said, and it was not long after that. He said, I, I would have spent so much time doing it that it got to the point where I was dreaming every night about raising people from the dead, 20 people, 30 people a night, raising people from the dead. And he said, I was in one of my own meetings 
and a man died in the middle of my meeting. And he said, and I had the faith because it had just been deposited into my spirit. And he, and he saw that man raised from the dead. And then he said, 12 years passed and no, no one else raised from the dead. And he said, you know what? It's been too long. I'm going to start doing the same things. I'm going to start imagining this, imagining this. And he didn't go into detail, but he said, and then my son died. And he's like, and my son was at the morgue. Five hours had passed since he died. He'd been stripped. He had a toe tag on. He was on this slab. And he said, and I went in. And because I had been meditating on these things, I went into the morgue and he was raised and I saw him raised from the dead. And he sat up and talked just like normal. And then he said, he said, and he had no brain damage or at least not any more than he already had. But, but this is what the power of the imagination does for us. When we can get a clear picture, what is it that you're believing the Lord for? If it's something like a vehicle, have you in your imagination, have you driven that vehicle? If it's becoming legal in this country, have you seen the day that you go in and cast your vote? What does it look like? What is provision look like? Oh, Lord, I'm believing you to be a millionaire. What does that practically look like? If it's you like recording a music video, driving down the street, throwing $100 bills up in the air in your convertible, maybe you need to get a more, um, a better picture of, of what it is. But what does it practically look like for you? What does your good marriage look like? What does peace in your home look like? God gives us the imagination as a faculty that helps us in the same way he created what was already created in the mind of God. He then created with his mouth. It's no different. He began to, he spoke out what was in his heart. He had a clear picture. And so it's, it's the same thing. So I want to take you into a scripture verse here before we wrap up, just so you can see how you can use, you can see how you can use your imagination when it comes to the scriptures here. And so um, if I can get my phone open here. I'm going to read uh, Matthew. This is chapter 14. Let me find it. Okay. Matthew 14, or sorry, Matthew 15, verse 29. And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee and went up into into a great mountain and sat down there. So can you imagine that with me? Jesus departed from where he was. Where he is now, he goes up into a mountain that's near a sea. Can you imagine Jesus walking up into a mountain? Can you imagine the mountaintop? Can you imagine it overlooking the sea? And Jesus sits down. So here's Jesus sitting down at the top of a mountain overlooking a sea. Can you see it with me? And it says, And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet. Can you imagine this? So here's Jesus sitting on the mountain overlooking the sea of Galilee and a great multitude. How many is a great multitude? It's not 10 people. Let's call it thousands. So when, when, when the New Testament deals with multitudes, uh, it's usually 5, 10, 15,000. So let's call it 10,000 people flock up to this mountain, climbing this mountain. But they're bringing what? They're bringing lame people. How do lame people climb mountains? They don't. People carry them. So here you have thousands of people coming up and some of them are carrying uh, lame people. Some of them are leading blind people, dumb people, maimed people, many others. And what did they do? It says they cast them down at Jesus' feet. So here you have the people of society who are just the outcast because of because of their situation. And here's Jesus sitting at the top of the mountain overlooking a sea of the Sea of Galilee and people all of a sudden, not one, not 10, not a hundred, but thousands of people. And they're carrying the lame, the blind, the maimed, the, the dumb, and they cast them at Jesus' feet. So now can you get a picture of this? All these people surrounding Jesus, but at his feet are, are 
many, many, many people who are in crazy situations, right? Deaf, you got deaf people just laying on the ground, right? Cripple people, lame people just laying on the ground at Jesus' feet. They're all just waiting. And what does it say? And it says, and he healed them. Another translation says he healed them all. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to behold, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Can you picture this scene that happens here? Jesus walks up this mountain, he departs, he's at the top of this mountain, and these people come up, they cast the people at the feet of Jesus, and then he starts healing them. And here's the first one, and there's like a hush over the crowd because Jesus is about to get started. At some point, he stands up from where he was sitting. And he goes to lay hands on one of them, right? And he lays hands on a blind man whose eyes see. And what does that blind man do? He rejoices. And then it says, and and the people wondered, the multitude wondered, the dumb begin to speak. The person who couldn't speak, they speak Jesus casting out dumb spirits. And and for every miracle, they're rejoicing. Have you been in the room when someone gets a miracle and the and people go nuts? But here, not only one people, but many, many multitudes of people get their miracle. He healed them all. And this is two verses of scripture. You begin to see who Jesus was, how he operated. Multitudes come and they're not disappointed. He didn't do one little miracle where someone got healed of a headache. Every single person got healed. And then it goes on and that's where he fed the, Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they've continued with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And so he feeds the, um, he feeds the group of people here. But using your imagination and letting the scripture settle down in your heart, you're better off reading one scripture and letting it settle down into your heart and getting a picture of it than spending uh, just reading five chapters and not remembering what you read or where you even were reading from. You read to get a picture in your heart. That's the imagination. That's what God. That's where. That's how God produces faith and faith in your heart when you take the time to meditate and use your imagination to get what God is what God wants you to have. I love you. Thanks you for thank you for listening. Share this podcast if it's been a blessing to your life. You guys are awesome.